Well, we would like to play this weekend in a tournament too, but I don't know. It is not looking good for a baseball tournament this weekend. Lots of rain starting today. Back here on Darren, Donnie and Chase, ESPN 102.5 The Game. We've got something we would like for you to do. Pull out your calendar or pull out your phone, however, whatever you do to keep notes of where you need to be. And mark Saturday, March 7th at the factory in Franklin in Liberty Hall, okay? There's going to be a really cool event going on that night, and our guest on the line will be the, the special speaker that evening. R.A. Dickey is indeed on the line. This is about the Davis house. R.A., how you doing? Doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. How's your Friday going thus far? It's wet. It's about to get wetter, too, I think. What's, uh, hey, what's been going on with you before we get into this? Uh, you been doing any coaching this fall? Or did you guys take fall story. off? Yeah, yeah. I got you know I have a thirteen year old son and an eight year old son, and so I I coached uh, a little thirteen U team and did some stuff in the fall as well with both the boys teams. So it's it's been a real blessing in retirement to get to pour into them in a way I never have gotten to do before. So it's been it's been nice. Very nice. Yeah, we're in the eight uh, U bracket, so we've been. This is our first season in the travel circuit and so i thought maybe i would run into you but uh just was curious i hadn't seen you yet so just making sure that you were still coaching the boys yeah we are we don't we don't really do the travel stuff until we get a little bit older but um yeah we're still we're doing it just a little bit less probably intense than some people yeah so tell everybody about uh what you're going to be talking about on that saturday night march the 7th about the Davis House because I know you want to get the word out. It's going to be a special night. There's going to be a lot of people there, and uh, people need to hear this message. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know that the, it's the, a big fundraiser for Davis House, and of course, Davis House is for people who don't know what the Davis House is. It's a child advocacy center uh, where victims of sexual abuse and physical abuse uh, can start to kind of reclaim their lives. First, they you know, they can identify the problem and then help with the treatment and the healing and the, the nurturing of these kids anywhere from one year old to 18 years old. So it's it's a, something that's close to me because of my own personal history. And, um, you know, we kind of align with things in our own story. And I'm happy to lend my story to this cause because it's a, it's a wonderful cause. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, if you need to report known or suspected child abuse, please call the Tennessee Child Abuse Hotline at 877-237-0004. We'll come back to this, R.A., before we get out of here, but I do want to – we want to talk a little baseball with you. Uh, Have you been surprised at the first two games of the World Series, how it's gone, and how the Nationals just keep on rolling? Well, I love it because I'm I'm a National fan at this point. Um, You know, although I – you know, one of my really good friends is AJ Hunt, uh, who I played with on the Olympic and during the Olympic years on the Olympic team in '96, and now he's manager of the Astros. I'm for him, but you know, I'm just a nationally guy at heart, and I also um, think it'd be great for that city with all the yuck that's going on. You know, I think it'd be nice for Washington to win, and I, I, I like the style of play. Um, and as far as being surprised, the only thing I'm surprised with, I think I expected a lot of. Uh, a lot more low-scoring games, um, you know, some 2-1s, some 3-2s because of the quality of pitching. I was really taken aback by the 12-3 score. Yeah, and who they did it against and really opened things up in the seventh. And who knew Kurt Suzuki would be the guy to kind of open up the can 
and get everything started. That's what's fun about postseason play. Sometimes you just you get those storylines of it's not the usual suspects, and there's a prime example. Could you just talk about it because you played for so long? That's what we talk about on this show all the time, how cool hockey playoffs and baseball postseason play is because truly when you when you say just get in and see what happens it it a lot of times doesn't always play out this way but it's about getting hot at the right time and the nationals are a prime example of that the st louis blues did that last year now they did it for several months in the regular season before uh they got into the stanley cup playoffs but they just kept that wave going all the way through the playoffs but i'm sure you've played on teams where you just get red hot and you just feel invincible Sure, and a lot of it is timing, you know. And you know, a lot. One thing that I think gets overlooked a lot in team sports is, uh, you know, certain teams are kind of built for a hundred and sixty-two game season and getting into the playoffs. And you've got some teams that are built for a seven-game series. And the Nationals fit that bill in my mind. You know, it's a one hundred sixty-two game marathon is a lot different than the seven-game sprint. And the way that the Nationals align, you know, they. Uh, got three ace in the hole pitchers, and they've got a really good bullpen. And you know, it's just they're set up for this kind of play, uh, and so it's not a surprise that they're doing well in my mind. Um, you know, it and the Astros too. The Astros, you know, and Willie will tell you, uh, it comes down to the bullpen so much in the playoffs um, because the starting pitching is usually pretty good up until the sixth or seventh inning when you start having to match up people and bring in setups and left-handed specialists and side-on guys to get a double play ball and all these kind of situational sabermetric matchups. And if your bullpen can't hold, then you're going to be in big trouble. And I think that's what you're kind of seeing. R.A. Dickey is with us talking a little baseball here and about an event that he is seeing here and speaking at here in a few days. We'll tell you all the info once again in a moment. R.A., uh, I think in past we've had discussions, but even since we've last discussed this, the, the average fastball keeps ticking up, you know, 93.5, 93.7. It just keeps going on up. That's why I really love watching a guy like Anibal Sanchez, who's going to get the ball tonight. He's been pitching really well, but he is really an artist out there, and I'm glad to see that you can still get it done doing that. Me too, man. And I, I, you know, I was just telling my son the other day, you know, he's 13, I said, yeah, it's, it's sexy to throw 100 miles an hour everybody can appreciate that for sure but the guys that really endure for 10 15 years in the major leagues are guys who can locate and change speeds and you see that countless time and time again they just get overlooked i mean ryu and even grinky for you know grinky he's not what he once was and he's still a winner i mean there are all kinds of different types of pitchers but i i agree with you it is it is fun to watch a guy really exercise his craft in a way that has some artistry to it instead of just, you know, chat, Ardolis Chapman 102, here it comes, see if you can hit it kind of thing. I really appreciate a guy who can pitch to both sides of the plate, change heights with his fastball, and throw a back foot curveball and then back it up with a changeup that fades away out of the zone. Like, can really, you know, show you a, a masterpiece. And that's, that's what's fun to me. I know that's probably what's fun to you. Any baseball fan really appreciates that. Well, isn't that what Strasburg has done? He's kind of morphed into that, right? I mean, he was more known as a, a power, you know, powerball pitcher, and he's he's refined his game. I think he's a better pitcher today than he was earlier in his career, in my opinion. Oh, I agree with you 100%. And he, you know, the thing that makes him so daggum dangerous is he is a guy that can, you know, and Verlander, too, for the most part. Like, if he needs it, he'll go to 97 and grab you real quick. 
but then he backs off it, changes speed, and throws his little split and gets a good curveball. And he can throw any pitch for strikes in any count. And that's what's so scary with those guys that are so good. John Smoltz has been making this point a lot, and he tries to drive it home because it's it's a great thing about baseball, but it's also something that is taking away a lot of the action plays like the hit and run and the bunts and things like that because, all right, you can maybe get into that mindset is when you're pitching and every person that comes to the plate, even a guy that wouldn't look like a power hitter, is still capable of hitting it out even to the opposite field, it really changes how you have to approach pitching, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And that's, that's you know, furthermore, that's why I'm a huge fan of National League Baseball. Uh, is because it's kind of our last bastion of real strategic baseball. Um, when you have to manage that eighth and ninth place hitter and move runners and try to bunt, try to, you know, get to the top of the lineup, turn that lineup over as many times as you can in the National League. And, um, you know, that's something that I've always appreciated uh, about baseball. And so, you know, people say it's inevitable that the DH is going to be in both leagues eventually. And, and I'm, I'm so against that simply for what you were just describing. How good is Anthony Rendon? That, that guy comes up to the oh. plate every time, and I just, I just admire what, what he does. Gives you a good at-bat every I, single time. I agree. And I, you know, I admire the style in which he does it. You know, it's, it's so just workmanlike, blue-collar, no real emotion. Just, this is my job, and I'm going to try to do it the best I possibly can and try to do it with some class and integrity. I, he's one of my favorite players to watch in MLB uh, and was one of my favorite players to compete against as well. R.A. Dickey is with us, Cy Young Award winner here on Darren Donick and Chase. For the New York Mets, by for, the way. I know. I was getting there for the New York <laughs> Mets. But, he, hey, he ended his career in Atlanta with the Braves. So that that's what I remember. But I do want to ask you, R.A., about the Braves. Uh, since you spent a year, a year there during this rebuild that they've kind of gotten to the point now where we're starting to see some of the young pitching and the young bats really come to light. But what were you able to – to take away from playing for Brian Snicker for a year uh, as you wrapped up your career? Well, he was – he and Terry Collins uh, were my two favorite managers that I ever played for in the major leagues. Uh, and the reason that I enjoyed him so much, I think, was the reason that the veteran guys in particular – he's a great manager for the younger guys too because he's, he's, he's a perfect mixture of kind of old-school tough love and also compassion when you need to have compassion because the game's hard, and he understands how hard it is. Um, but he and Terry Collins both share that. You know, you can just you can really communicate with them, and they're great communicators. And you know, there's not a lot of ego involved. Their only concern is how can I equip you to be the best that you can be. And the guys love playing for him, and I I understand completely why I haven't played for him. So you had a, there was a situation over the summer with Ronald Acuna, and everybody knows just how good he is. And then uh, it showed itself in the playoffs where maybe he wasn't hustling to the bag after a hit. And you know you see that sometimes with big hitters admiring their work. I, I liked how Snitker handled that by pulling him out of the game during the regular season. But as a veteran player and as a pitcher, I mean, how, how do you guys address that in the clubhouse when you see something like that? And I agree with you. I think I think that. Um... Snicker did handle that well, and ultimately, guys, it's, it comes down to that kind of thing being policed within the locker room. You know, the, yes, the coach can take you out of a game, but it's one thing to lose kind of uh, 
it's it's a one thing to to not do what's right and the coach reprimand you for that. It's a completely other thing to lose the respect of your teammate. Uh, that discipline and form of discipline is far worse than a manager taking you out of a game. And so really, ultimately, those kinds of things need to be policed within the clubhouse. And then you also uh, knew Alex Anthopoulos, of course, from your time in Toronto and then Atlanta. Yeah. What has made him so successful is now he's ahead of the Braves as the GM and and trying to make them a a World Series contender. Well, you know, I think the table was set pretty nice for him, to be honest. Um, Not that he doesn't add value. I think he's certainly adds value and I love playing for him as a player too he uh he's another um you know front office official that wants to help empower you to be the best you can be and he he's a good communicator too you might not always like what he has to say but you're going to get it honestly and you're going he's going to be right to the point with it which I always appreciate uh, but he is a guy that's always looking to make a team better he he pulled off some great trades for us the years that we went to the playoffs and had a chance to go all the way. You know, he pulled off that big trade with Tulowitzki and and then we got David Price and I mean he is just a master at figuring out how to put the pieces together and I, I would expect him to be there for a long time. As a pitcher that that played a long time and you know, I look at the Braves with just so much young pitching coming up through the organization how important is it for, for them to evaluate those pitchers but also not rush them to make sure that they get the, the full development that they need before they're brought up to the majors? Well, I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with Alex. You know, I think uh, you, you need to create an environment where you don't feel like you have to rush them. All of a sudden, now the Braves have a different expectation than they did for the year that I was there in the previous two years when we were just trying to – have a 500 record right now there's an expectation set so there's this incredible uh, balancing act between how do we get the young guys that need to be up here enough seasoning down there so that they can really contribute long term when they do get here and how do we supplement the team with veteran guys that can eat innings quality innings give you good starts so that you can sure up the you know, sure up your record until those guys are ready. I think what you're going to see is, you know, the way they handled the Soraka thing I thought was brilliant. Um, he was ready a year before he got there. He really was ready a year before he got there. But they, they pumped the brakes on that and let him keep logging innings and develop his secondary pitches in a way that, you, I mean, you guys saw what he did this year. It was really, really awesome. R.A., uh, we always appreciate the visit. We'll keep getting the word out about this event in uh, early March. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road. I'd love it, man. You can call me anytime. I'd love to come on. We really appreciate it. R.A. Dickey, uh, of course, Cy Young winner back in 2012 in the National League. And, of course, uh, For the Mets. a guy that um, was a very good athlete here in Middle Tennessee, for sure. And um, the event is Saturday night, March the 7th. That'll be at the factory in Franklin in Liberty Hall. And it's about it's around the Davis house. And you heard him talking about child Advocacy Center, which helps combat child abuse by providing services to children and their families in crisis and providing community education focused on prevention and early intervention. They have helped already a lot of kids. So He's been very open about talking about his own experience with mm-hmm. that. If you've ever read his right. book, if I would recommend it if you have not. He talks about that and a lot of other aspects of his life. <laughs> that guy has had a really interesting experience mm-hmm. 
in baseball, in life, growing up here in Nashville, and he's been a little bit of everywhere. Really, really good guy. If you want a story on perseverance and not giving up oh, in man, professional awesome. sports, awesome. He's your guy, or he's one of them. I know there's a lot of a lot of people who have done that, but he is a great story for sure. We'll come back, wrap up the first hour of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next on ESPN 102.5 The Game.